1: Also, I'm Brodie Lancaster.
4: I'm Kate Jinks, and we are going to be joined by a very special guest on this episode, new friend of the pod, Nomi Fry.
1: Yeah, we are both big fans of Nomi's writing. She is a staff writer at The New Yorker, where she writes about art, culture, celebrity, film, TV, and crucially, the Bravo universe. She's someone whose pop culture takes we always want to read and listen to. And she is to be frank, a perfect tweeter, an excellent follow, and she's an absolute pump head. So we, we, we planned to talk to her about Vanderpump rules earlier in the season. And it just so happens that we got her on the line from New York right after the scandal occurred. Um, Jinxie, you're not, a watched every episode Die Hard Vanderpumper,
4: but you caught up on this season? I sure did. I had to. I felt it was my duty. <laughs> I mean, I watched the first two seasons, maybe three seasons, and then dipped out. We're up to season ten now. And you know what? I did watch, you know, the first six episodes that, you know, are out at the time of recording of season 10, but I found this really great guide on Vulture, which is called uh, the Vanderpump Rules Affair Timeline Scandival, and that helped me get up to date. So if there are any people out there who... And not, you know, completely au fait with the lightning bolt necklaces of it all, then this is this is a good place to go. And also we talk about some other things, too, in this chat.
1: Yeah. And she also talked to Andy Cohen recently for an excellent profile. So we get into the Andy, whether you're a Vanderpump fan or not, I think you're going to enjoy this one. So, yeah, as Jinxie mentioned, we recorded this episode just after uh, Vanderpump Season 10, Episode 6 had aired. Uh, so when we reference like, the most recent episode, that's what we're talking about. We got to chat with Nomi about her writing about VPR and meeting DJ James Kennedy, and she also gave the most incredible L.A. name drop imaginable. Um, so we really Ooh.
4: hope you enjoy this chat with Nomi Fry. Oh, it was a good one. <laughs> just wanted to dedicate this episode to... I think the real tragedy of this whole season so far, it goes out to Ariana's dog, Charlotte, Valet. RIP to a (laughs) queen. So
1: Nomi, we're so happy to have you on the podcast to talk about this blockbuster season of Vanderpump Rules. It's risen from the ashes. Um, How are you feeling broadly about the season that we're in right now?
3: I'm feeling really great and really excited and I uh you know I was thinking about it yesterday and I even tweeted about it because I I do feel like it's kind of a pretty um it's kind of an outlier situation what we've encountered here because you know how it's like when you hear these stories about like a couple that always had problems fought terribly like one of them couldn't commit, you know, like whatever, some sort of problem that felt intractable. And then they break up and you tell whoever, like you're friends with the woman and you tell her, well, maybe you'll get back together, you know, maybe he'll learn to commit or whatever, but you never really believe it. And then they get back together and they get married and like have kids Mm. and everything suddenly seems like, it really, the problems really, like, you know, have been resolved. So that's, like, such an extreme situation that never happens,
1: you know? In, in this analogy, your girlfriend is fan of rules. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, it's like that thing where you're like, oh, maybe it'll get better. You know, maybe you guys will find a way back to each other, you know? Mm. And then it suddenly happens, like, once in a blue moon, and you're, like, blown away. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I would say that Vanderpump was in such a funk, you know, and we're talking like season nine. We've been doing this. We've been watching this for like a decade now. Right. And I actually, you know, recently remembered that early in the pandemic, I was doing a kind of like um, it wasn't a podcast. It was like a Twitch live stream with my friends, Chris and Jason from how long the podcast, How Long Gone?, And we were talking about Vanderpump and they were saying something like, well, let's just admit it. It's done. You know, it's done. Like, it's not. And I was like, it's done. Like, I hate to admit it because this show, it's like family to me. I've been watching it for so long. It it was such a great show, the first several seasons. And I was so invested in it. But then for the past, like, two or three seasons, it progressively became more and more boring and more and more contrived and so I remember just literally we were all agreeing and saying it's done and then here she is this season comes she's back and it's back I dropped off I'm I'm a fair
4: weather pump head like you two are fully pump aficionados but uh I dropped off after season three I I'm not I'm you know, yeah, I'm a little ashamed. Uh, oh, wow, Jinzy, you never met Lala. No, wow. I didn't. So I've met her in season 10, which is probably not the – actually, maybe it is the best pla- place to meet Lala. I don't know. She seems in a bad
3: spot, but – I mean, I feel like she had some great, great moments in the mm. first couple seasons were like, really good and she was, like, a great addition. And then progressively it became – once she like, I mean, she didn't marry Randall, but when she sort of like got domesticated, like moved in with him, they had a baby, it became very boring because we knew mm. we could sense that something was going on, like that this guy was horrible. I mean, from the beginning, we knew he was horrible, but there were sort of back and forth and it was very, very sleazy. Like he was mm. married. She was admitting to sort of like cosplaying, like casting couch stuff with him you know, he like bought her. She was fully like, I sucked his dick for a range Rover. you know, that sort of thing. So that was interesting. But then supposedly everything was solved. She moved in, he divorced his wife, they had a child. Mm. So that was really boring because she sort of became like this sort of like a uh, lady of the manor, So, yeah. to speak. but now it's getting interesting again, because she's single and, um, so we're kind of back with her. So I feel like it's fine. I feel like you would benefit mm. from watching the earlier seasons with her. You know, maybe when was it that she joined like season four, maybe, mm-hmm. Bernie? Yeah. That that. Yeah.
1: But that's what you described. And Jinxie is kind of an analog for all those seasons in the middle that you missed. So I guess for any listeners who are not super up to speed on Vanderpump Rules, it started as this show about – The workers of Lisa Vanderpump from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, establishments in West Hollywood, her bars and restaurants that are all the tackiest, gaudiest places you could ever, worse (laughs) than you could ever imagine. They're so shiny. um, Visual nightmares. Shiny, but also dusty. You imagine them being (laughs) quite dusty.
3: Have Have you guys ever been? They're dusty.
4: Yeah, I can I can concur. And, like, even the, like, outside, out the back at Pump, that felt dusty too. And it was like, how can this feel dusty? And yet, I don't know. It's like the margarita that you're chugging is not, I don't know. It's not crystal clear, I oh, should say. Lisa, except she thinks every one of
1: these places is very sexy. Um, and so what happened was she cast this show essentially to Bravo, to Andy Cohen, with all of the workers at her restaurants who were all in relationships with each other but also fucking other people. And that was the show for, like, five-ish seasons. And then something really dark and sad happened, which is that they all started to get, like, traditionally happy. Um, There were weddings. There were Mm -hmm. de facto uh, relationships, like Lala and Randall, Tom and Ariana, who we will get back to, even James Kennedy, who is a british dj who describes himself as the white kanye you know he proposed to his his uh, beauty pageant girlfriend who also we will come back to um and all of a sudden we had this show where there were babies and pregnancies and houses and mortgages and like uh, things for anyone else would be aspirational but on <laughs> yeah. this show it felt so dark and <laughs> so so sad and It, like, the dream of the show felt like it was gone, Um, and now all of a sudden season 10 premiered last month and within four episodes airing we then got news that two of the cast members are fucking each other behind their partner's backs and it's all, uh, you know, Lala and Randall have broken up, Katie and Tom have gotten a divorce, like, Truly, to quote Sheena's forearm tattoo, it's all happening again. It's all happening. It's such a blessing.
3: It's really a blessing. And I I will also say that the scandal that broke last week, like this was, or maybe it's been two weeks now. It's been exactly two weeks. It was Friday. Mm -hmm. when news hit friday uh the third it was my birthday what a gift what a gift i couldn't think of anything else like i was texting i mean not all my friends but several of my friends were pump heads this was just like it was just
1: i did 12 hours of screen time that day
3: i mean it was crazy it was crazy because things were revealed and, and just like you know just the shock of it was insane when it was revealed that Sandoval and Raquel were having an illicit affair. But so of course this scandal is like incredible and is now in retrospect painting all the episodes that are airing, uh, you know, before anyone knew about this. So they were cut and, you know, obviously prepared shot and began airing before anyone knew about the scandal. Um, so of course, you can sort of retrospect you can watch it with kind of hindsight, which is fascinating. But I would argue that even without the scandal, the show is good. I agree. Like the season is already good. The scandal is pushing it all over the edge. But I think that even without it, and I think I even it was maybe like the second episode or something, since this was like or the third, this was like pre-scandal. I think I was. I, you know, I mark the train of my thoughts by tweets. So I can just like, it's not that I want to quote my tweets all the time, but I just remember thinking and then tweeting that Mm -hmm. Vanderpump is once again, good because people are single again. They're not showing the babies. I mean, obviously there's two babies, there's Sheena's baby and there's Lala's baby. So it's not like you can you know, you can get rid of the babies that have already been born, mm-hmm. but nothing is focused on them. Right. Because we don't mm. care. I don't mm. care about the babies. I want to see, you know, the hookups and the mess and the fights, which were the backbone mm-hmm. of the show from the beginning. And now we're finally back, you know, yeah. and, and uh, it's it's incredible. And the scandal, of course, just gives it that push that is like, wow, it's, it, this is like lightning in a bottle. You know, it doesn't, it never happens that, or hardly ever happens that there is an organic scandal that gets revealed, not in any way engineered over the course of sh- of shooting or just after shooting of a reality show. Uh, it happened in season two of Vanderpump, the best season of reality TV ever with Kristen and cheating with Jax and it's happening again. And we're so blessed.
4: Is it lightning in a bottle or is it lightning on a necklace?
3: Oh, It's lightning on a necklace. You've caught up.
4: I know I've gone deep. It's like, I'm paying my dues. Exactly. Because um, it's like what you were saying, uh, Nomi, that the show was back from the beginning and BL actually was like, Jinxy you have to get back into Vanderpump like it's time it's your time and so I did start watching but then of course the Scannable really brought me back so I'm I'm just caught up and yeah and I'm watching it with that kind of with the knowledge of what is going on but it's so interesting because it seems like the whole like Raquel's vibe is like, she's got a crush on Schwartz, the other Tom. So it's like, are they set, did someone know, are they like setting it up? Are they, you know, it was like this
3: Tom sure. switch, but yeah. Sure. Like who knew, who knew did Schwartz know? Schwartz is had this, to know, right? Is this a red herring? Like, yeah, that's what this, it looks like. Is this a beard situation where like Schwartz is knowingly bearded for his best friend and? His new love, illicit love. I mean, Schwartz has done similarly
1: terrible things to his friends. I've Nomi, I know you did a rewatch, which I'm very curious to hear about, but I'm currently doing like a I started at season three. Um, and the rewatch is revealing Schwartz's loyalty is only ever to the boys. Yes. Oh, surely. He, to use an Australian expression, he doesn't dog the boys. You know, there's a scene where where Katie, who is begging Schwartz to propose to her, is sitting down to lunch with Lisa. And Lisa's saying, you have to ask him to choose between you or Jax. And Katie says, I can't do that. And Lisa says,
3: because you think he'll He'll choose choose Jax. Jax. I think he would choose Jax.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, now,
4: (laughs) yeah, I would. (laughs) Wouldn't you? I mean.
3: So, um... I um, am now still rewatching with my daughter, who has become a reality show fan. She's about to be 12. Some would argue it's a little early. Certainly my husband would argue that. <laughs> but she has she taken to it like a duck to water. She's just like her mother, and I'm so proud. <laughs> um but we so we're watching so we're now so it's so our, so we're now nearing the end of season 3 our our rewatch project has to, has been slightly retarded because we're also simultaneously watching season 10 so you know she's caught up on like scandal she understands like what's happening and so it's actually interesting as you say Brody to watch those earlier seasons with an eye to the scandal, because what's happening in season three now is the whole Miami girl situation. Mm -hmm. So now it's painting it, you know, Kristen is essentially vindicated because I would, I would bet that the Miami girl thing was correct all along, you know, and everybody was gaslighting Kristen and, and saying, you know, you're just, I mean, it's true. She's insane, But I think she also knew that Tom was a cheater and he would never stop cheating. And everybody was like, you're just, you're just like, you know, making this up to put a wrench, you know, throw a wrench in the relationship of Tom and Ariana." But now it seems like she was probably right. Uh, So it's interesting that we're watching it now.
1: Yeah. Kristen Mm -hmm. is proof. You can be two things at once. You can be both an instigator and correct
3: (laughs) and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, sometimes a clock, a broken clock, sometimes, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's true. Mm. And you know who I think is really the worst? I mean, this is not a surprise in any way. But as I'm watching this season, I'm just reminded more and more how awful he is. Uh, DJ James is just the devil himself. I was absolutely horrible person, like his Mm yeah' is, um, I mean, I was just thinking about what raquel said on this most recent episode, where she said that he called her her mom a fat bitch and said that, like her dad he felt bad for her dad because he was stuck with a fat bitch, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah who says who thinks that, and who says that like it's like is the alternative to like I mean, yeah, I'm glad your mother is svelte it yeah. <laughs> has completely rebuilt her face with plastic surgery. I mean, no shade, whatever. It's <laughs> yeah, her choice. She sure has. I, I was like, what kind of horrible values do you have? You know, what a horrible person. Yeah.
4: Also that when he is talking about Raquel to his current girlfriend, I might get some names mixed up as I am still going, Allie. living through the world, Allie. The worst thing he could think of to say about Raquel was that she doesn't suck dick much. It's like, he's absolutely that was, an, that was his he's, go-to,
3: you know? He's absolutely I, an awful, I, an awful, awful person who was off, like obviously raised horribly, like with awful values and no, you know, kind of like a uh, guidance, mm. I guess, like ethical guidance or, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like, it's so horrible to see.
4: BL, you've got a soft spot for him, don't you?
3: Well,
1: I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a way that won't get me canceled, but I <laughs> I agree James Kennedy says and does awful, like morally reprehensible things, but I also think he's an incredible reality TV star in the same way that Jax Taylor was
3: no question because he's out of fucking control yeah and I want to watch him and he's like a bag of raw nerves yeah he's a bag of nerves which is it kind of it's all close to the surface with him totally
1: and he I mean he's incredible to watch especially in season like four when he he and Kristen are breaking up and getting back together he's just she's just accused him of cheating He's sitting on the couch with her, comforting her, saying, we only kissed, I love you, you're beautiful, I love you, you're my girl, and then it cuts to him in a confessional going, we were definitely fucking, Kristen doesn't know, I'm never going to tell her. And, like, it's great TV, but, like, obviously empathy for Kristen. It kind of brings up something that I've felt about Vanderpump in the last few years since the firing of Kristen, Stassi, Jackson, Brittany, which is essentially that, like, there's almost like this layer, and this spreads throughout Bravo to like, um, you know, Ramona Singer, who is obviously a racist, but is not welcome on allegedly on uh, Roni anymore. Yeah, you know, there's this layer of like morality over Bravo that has led to quote unquote good people on these shows who make bad, make not as good TV as the chaotic, raw nerves who are problematic and terrible. I don't need to see Ramona on my TV, but I think I'd like to see Jax Taylor and Kristen Doty. I would love oh, it. Oh,
3: I'd welcome them back with open arms. It's time.
1: Imagine Jax being in this season with Raquel trying to hit on everyone.
3: I mean, you know, I think at this point, like, all bets are off. We need them back. Yeah. Kristen, so and Kristen's I'm gonna, allegedly I'm gonna, filmed. I'm going to tease something. I'm going to tease something that I have... Um, Wrangled some tickets Uh. to the taping of Watch What Happens Live with Jax and Britney next week. Stop. (laughs) Whoa. That's brilliant. So, you know, I'm looking forward. Maybe a bomb will be dropped. I mean, who can tell, really? You know?
4: I can't wait to see what Britney's face looks like. Wow. You need to make some, like, Justice for Jack's placards and hold them up at, you know, particular times. So just saying. Just an idea. Wow.
3: A T-shirt or something so he notices you. The taping is a, a not very convenient. Like, basically, it throws my entire day and work schedule into disarray. Worth it. And yet, you know, I was like.
1: Worth it to see Jack do a shot ski. Have you ever been a bartender or, or like on Watch What Happens Live before? No, no. No,
3: I've only ever been. I've been I've been to the clubhouse, uh, quote unquote, uh several times, but only ever as just a guest, which mm-hmm. is I think probably the best way. Mm-hmm. I've had friends I've had friends bartend and I've come to watch them bartend you you had the
4: guys uh, from online ceramics bartend exactly yeah i came with them when they that was the first episode of it i ever watched because i was like really this iconic i must see yeah and i don't i dip in and
3: out but that one yeah because andy is like a big fan of the brand so um yeah i think that's why he invited them can you tell
4: us a little bit about your relationship friendship with andy cohen
3: Because like, how did that all start? Well, so I have no, I mean, you know, obviously I've been a, a long time admirer of his. And over the years, I would say over the past, you know, how long have we been watching? You know, so yeah, over the past decade or whatever, you know, like around early Vanderpump or, you know, obviously I was like, a big housewives person before Vanderpump. And and so I, I've been aware of him for like 15 years now or something like that. But I would say that over the past like eight years or something, once I started writing about Bravo, I started getting invited by PR to like events, you know, like we're launching, you know, it's like, it's the new season of whatever, come to this rooftop bar and convene with other bravo fans and and you know like whatever to celebrate the new season of like Roney or something, and there I would see Andy, and I would force myself upon him um to tell him how much of a fan I was, and so on, but i you know I didn't have any personal relationship with him at one point, I think like maybe three years ago or something he followed me back on Twitter, and that was like big for me, huge glory be, yeah, I um you know friendly with John Mayer and Andy and him are g- very good friends. And so I didn't, you know, I wasn't friends with Andy, but I kind of I, I guess like it made me uh you know seem more legitimate in Andy's sense. <laughs> I would probably you know I didn't because usually it would be like this crazed like, you know, woman like coming in for a hug at like some like meet and greet event and would be like I'm so happy to meet you and he'd be like oh great (laughs) to see you you know he has so many people like approaching him but probably I would guess that this made me just you know told me apart from the pack I I guess I think there's also a layer of uh, like
1: being a fan in your personal life but working for the New Yorker in your Professional life,
3: yeah, no, and of course, at some point, I started working for the New Yorker, so of course, I'm like legitimate in that sense. But yeah, but we weren't. I didn't, you know, I'd never had one on one time with him or anything. And then I, I, I proposed to interview him for for the New Yorker pretty recently in the last few months, and that was the first time. So I had at this point, you know, like met him briefly, like probably half a dozen times, but I had never, you know, really spent time with him. And so that was the first time that I actually sat down with them and asked them all the questions and, you know, or I don't know if all the questions, I always have more questions for Andy, but like, what a fascinating guy. And, you know, he's so good at what he does. So, so yeah, so that's basically the story of, of me and Andy. So, so yeah. So now I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't say we're friends, but I mean, of course I adore him, but you know, I'm like a journalist who interviewed him who has a mutual friend with him I would say
4: or will we see you on Real Housewives of Brooklyn anytime soon (laughs) I I mean you know
3: I was thinking about it like how terrifying it must be to be on reality television because I think and I asked him as well I was like would you ever would would I mean not at this point in his life you know he has enough going on but just you know kind of like uh, conceptually speaking like would he ever be on reality television. And he was like, no, it's like, it terrifies me. Like, I don't want to be shot from the side without having like approval (laughs) final cut or whatever. And I, I understand that because I do think, you know, when we think about ourselves, we don't want to think about the way other people see us or Mm -hmm. like we, we try not to, I guess, or at least I try not to, or it's like you know it's like yeah. it's like reading like a comment on Instagram where someone some troll is like you're ugly you know and I think like reality television really in order to create storylines it of course magnifies all the things that in life might be even relatively benign you know but of course in interaction with other people and, and the creation of kind of like uh, drama. Yeah. suddenly you realize that you might be the most horrible person <laughs> in the world
4: well like yeah like he said in your interview it's all about the edit and he doesn't want to be edited he wants to control the yeah. edit which is fair but I, I think about the current season yeah. and I think like now that it's like you know a lot of it's been shot like Tom Sandoval and Raquel must be you know, really frightened of their edit. I mean, they're used to being edited badly, obviously, and they still sign up for it, but this is going to be
3: epic. Yeah, I think now at this point it's, it's epic no matter what because now we have the edit of our hindsight, right? So even if, and yesterday's episode, or a couple of days ago, this week's episode was a case in point where, in fact, I would argue that Raquel came out, like the the relative victor, you know, like Raquel and Charlie, uh, they were actually right, you know, in this mm. particular case. Like Lala was being insane, and just like what Charlie was saying oh, about mm. her, you know, being probably jealous that Oliver didn't pick her to make out with. Mm. Is uh, can I just? I cannot believe that that is Gaselle's son. I know it's great. Like son. that is
1: the
4: the crossover is just. Beautiful. I know. I love a crossover.
3: I Beautiful. love a crossover.
4: Yeah. Lala, no one is luckier
1: that Scandavall happened than Lala because we're all watching this episode going, okay, Raquel does things when she's drunk. She kind of doesn't really get boundaries between relationships and et cetera. But Lala is being such a hypocrite in her dealings with her and cruel, yeah, really, like it, really it, nasty. Yeah treating her the way that Lala was treated by the Witches of WeHo in, like, seasons four and five before she got the PJ and they all wanted to fly to uh, Solving 20 minutes away on the PJ.
3: Um, <laughs> but I was Solving. I love when they go to Solving. Solving was great. When Kristen fell, remember when Kristen fell?
1: When Kristen fell, but when Kristen was walking down the streets of that town and just, like, picked, like, flowers or like grass out of a like bush and started eating them yeah no she was insane I gotta go back I gotta go back yeah you truly do Jinxie you're gonna have a great time up until like seasons eight to nine but you just have to persevere knowing that there's light now you know there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah I can do it when we watched them we
4: were like this is what this is now (laughs) I yeah I mean props to both of you for sticking in there I mean (laughs) true fans yeah i couldn't
3: i could not i really could not it felt like so Mm. much because i put in so much you know Mm. we've put in so much already but anyway just to go back to the like the the edit is our hindsight you know i think that's true because if it were just the edit then the edit raquel got you know this week's episode was actually quite you know i mean she did nothing wrong quote unquote you know what i mean like she she was fine and Lala was, in fact, mm. they were being really vindictive and horrible. And she actually articulated herself. First of all, I love what she said to Lala about, like, well, it's lucky that you don't have a man. <laughs> <laughs> They're also
1: sitting there going, she's so messy. She's so messy. She's like heating up roast chicken and potatoes to eat before she goes to bed. Yeah. Lala like, has done
4: much messier things
1: fine.
3: while drunk. Including sleep with Raquel's man. Yes. That was six years
4: ago. Are you going to go back six years, Nomi? It's like, yes, <laughs> in fact.
1: <laughs> Lala's justification is I was drinking then. It's like, okay, well, Raquel's drinking now.
4: Exactly. <laughs> I cannot keep up with the sobriety of the cast also on this show. It's like, oh, yeah. One sober, now they're not sober. Like, there's no one, is
3: anyone like. Well, Lala's sober. Lala's mm-hmm. been consistently sober. DJ James supposedly was sober for like two and a half years. The man was clearly like coked up out of his mind. I mean, allegedly, I wouldn't, but like. He was taking pre-workout to get all that Right. He was taking pre-workout. He was, let's say New York sober, which means he was like constantly on coke. He wasn't drinking, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but he was constantly like, you know, like amped up out of his mind. And so, uh, yeah, but now he's back to drinking as well mm. because he, he's still young. He wants to have a good time, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, so that is, I think, the extent of the sobriety journey. Yeah, but it's unbelievable what a bunch of drunks they are. Like, mm. truly, I, on my rewatch,
1: I'm up to season four. So, season three, Sheena got married to Mike Shea. Went from Sheena Marie to Sheena Shay, um, which is still her name. Who
3: also, who had like a pill problem. Yeah, let us not forget his dark. So I'm now watching them. I hope Shay okay now. Should we check in?
1: I I did a wellness check when I was watching, Again? and he is a real family man. He's a proud uncle. Oh. He looks hot. I'm gonna say my really? Shay looks really good in 2022. Um, there's an. I'm so article. happy
3: to hear that
1: yeah I was really happy for him. He's still making music for artists you you will never hear about you know they their names are unfamiliar to everyone but um I'm very very happy for him um because watching season four, you know he it's all the casts it would be hard watching that back if you were him because everyone's talking about. You know, Sheena found someone who was as big a fan of her as she is. And there's just all these shots of him slinking away in the background of parties and sculling fireball. And then there was that scene where Sheena had Tom and Katie and Tom and Ariana all come over to their house covered in those blown up posters from their wedding. Oh, my God, um, I know. To talk So depressing. So depressing because he essentially was like, if it's just me and Sheena, I don't get a word in, so I need everyone else here to talk about my addiction with my wife. And Sheena's whole approach to that was, okay, so you won't do pills, but, like, you can still just have, like, one or two drinks when we go out because I can't be with someone with my friends and my lifestyle who doesn't drink. So, like, the sobriety coming into Vanderpump Rules is – kind of so foreign because it is a show built off the back of Sheena Shea, who is like, if you don't drink, you can't be with me.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, 100%, which is why it's actually kind of impressive that Lala has been able to maintain the drama by being such a bitch and such, like, a narcissist. Her, like, the strength of her personality is intense enough that she's able... To still carry, um, even though she hasn't been drinking mm. for some years now. I think Lala. And God bless that. Yeah,
1: I think Lala is one of those people who. Um, and look, I'm. I say this as someone who, in the last two weeks since the scandal broke, I have listened to so many Vanderpump Rules cast members' podcasts. There's Give Them Lala. Kristen Doty has a podcast. I listen to Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I've listened to. Darcy's podcast, um, Stassi crawling back from the depths of her beautiful home and life to talk about Vanderbump Brawls again. On her podcast, Lala will talk about how she she's like a fan of reality TV and knows what it takes to make drama, make a good episode and seems committed to doing that sober or not.
3: Good for her. Good for us. Mm. But I have to say I was this episode, not just like in the stakes of the actual conflict, but just in terms of their performance, was impressed with both Raquel and Charlie's Mm. willingness to throw down and say what needed to be said. And I said to a friend of mine, we were talking about Charlie, and I said in Hebrew, we have an expression, she has mm-hmm. no God. Mm. Wow, I love that <laughs> Which expression. Means she'll just say she doesn't give a shit. You know, she'll just say, you know, like the things she said about Christina Kelly, or when she was just like was saying to the girls, wait, but like, what are you talking about? You know, she just like is not afraid to like speak her mind. And it was so, it was so um, appreciated. I felt so thankful for her, both in terms of drama and both because it just happened that in this case, she was standing up for what was right, you know, and she didn't give in to the sort of like ganging up mentality of those bitches, you know?
1: Yeah, she doesn't subscribe to the like, I'm new here, so I have to like bow down to the Legacy cast members, which so many people fall victim to on these shows,
3: right? Which I would, I would certainly do because,
1: (laughs) oh my god, if Lala said half the shit she said to Raquel
3: to me, I would crumble. I know, I would be so terrified. I would just like start crying immediately and be like, "Yeah, whatever you say, I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this." Which is why (laughs) I don't belong in reality television. Yeah, you know.
1: I want to hear about both of your experiences at the LVP joints because I, my 2020 trip to LA to go to all of them got cancelled, but now Pump is gone, Villa Blanca did not survive the pandemic, or Pump's lost its liquor license this week, like I need need to hear what I've missed out on. Yeah, but apparently it's like really easy to get a new liquor license, but it's been in the news that Lisa Vanderpump's establishments are losing their liquor licenses.
3: Wow. Okay, I'll say, I'll say my experiences. So I was at Sir. I think it was twice over the course of years. Uh, one time, and I went with a couple friends, and Jax was there. Jax was bartending. And I remember thinking, um, okay, I get it you know, because Jack seems so gross, you know what I mean? Like he seems, he's so disgusting. Like his behavior is so disgusting and he's so like greasy and like the millions of nose jobs. And he's so like, you know, the too tight shirt with like the, what's kind of like spread open on his, you know, shiny torso. But in person, when you see him in person, you kind of, you kind of get it. So I would say that. that. That was the surprise for me of that. And, and it's true, it's kind of dusty. It's like a little dirty. You know, nobody's like hoovered the corners in a long mm. while, At least back then.
1: I've heard I've heard the menus are sticky.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like a sticky establishment. It's a sticky establishment. Yeah. It's definitely not like spick and span. Wow, this is like a luxury dining experience at all.
4: No. Yeah. You don't feel like hanky and panky are gonna come out anytime <laughs> soon, you know. You don't you know, there are no swans. Hanky is not coming out. I mean. Maybe some miniature horses. Maybe. maybe
1: but,
3: you know. Maybe.
1: Some sexy horses.
3: Some sexy, some sexy yeah, horses. like some sexy, like alopecia dog is going to come out. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's
4: actually a pretty good, I mean. Yeah. That really sets up the entirety of uh, of Lisa Vanderpump's establishments.
1: <laughs> Lisa's Munchausen pets who are always on the then pump, door I
3: was at pump twice one time actually I had um I'm sorry this is this this is going to sound like name dropping but it's just too good not to share I had dinner with Brett Easton Ellis at Pump <laughs> <laughs> uh, which i just think is just too good too I'm sorry much. it's just, wow. too it's just it's like it's too good not to not to mention it uh beautiful. yeah he lives he lives i think quite close he lives in west hollywood mm. i believe so i think it was just convenient for him and you know i think he is a fan i think he watches i don't know if he still watches but he definitely he definitely watched the the earlier seasons and so we did that i did that
1: the only way that could be more perfect is if Is
3: if Laura Lee was your waitress, my fave of all time. It's always, like, unclear um, why the shirts need to be so tight. And half open. And half open. Half open, I get, I guess. But the too tight thing is just, it just seems like the cut is wrong. You know what I
4: mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're so tight that you can't, they have to be half open. They just cannot be buttoned, those shirts. Like, all I think about is how uncomfortable it must be. And they're
3: like poly, like they're they're not, it's not
4: like, they're not linen. They're not cotton. Like no one's breathing in these,
1: these bodies are not breathing.
3: No one's breathing. It's like, yeah, it's unpleasant. The whole thing is unpleasant. The first
1: thing we learn about the Sir uniforms at the start of season one is that like the waitresses can't wear underwear under those like handkerchief dresses because Lisa's image of what makes a sexy uniform is like tight open silk for men and like. Tiny little scarves as clothes for women.
4: <laughs> also, Lisa Vanderpump for all of her sexy uniqueness, she's the most sexless
3: housewife to have ever lived. Like, and to and to her, I mean, and she boasts, in fact, about her sexless. Oh yeah, right? she doesn't have sex so with. So it's Ken. like the separation of actual sex having hmm. and sexiness. So it's all show. And no actual pump or hanky-panky.
1: Although, when, did you see when Lisa was, like, down on the ground playing with her grandson? I'm sorry that this came up while she was playing with a baby, but I was like, Lisa's tits are incredible. They were, like, hanging out of her shirt. I mean, they were definitely yeah. out there. They were For a out second, there. I was like, oh, I get why Schwartz has been in love with her for, like, eight years.
3: No, she's a very beautiful woman. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And she's like a dom, you know, and, and, and like Schwartz is such a bottom that, of course, he yearns to be dominated by the ultimate top.
4: Yeah, Lisa and Ken are looking a little like that future scene of Romeo and Michelle's these days, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like that is, that's all I see. <laughs> Have you been to TomTom?
3: Yes. So I've been to Tom Tom. I was going to continue my, <laughs> my litany of, uh, you know, beautiful Vanderpump establishments. I have been to Tom Tom. I saw, um, Jackson Brittany were dining. Right. That's when weird. I went, I went once to TomTom. Tom. I went with my friend Brett Aston Ellis or... No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my friend, Red Beats, shout out Red Beats, who's a, who's a huge Vander, Vanderpump head. I mean, it seemed a little bit like shinier, like it's a little newer, of course. So it's not as sticky as the other, the mother establishment. Um, but we didn't approach. It looked like Jax did not want to mm. be approached. Yeah, fam. Oh, I forgot. I met DJ James Kennedy at Pump. There was another time I went to Pump. This is actually a good story. So I went to Pump. DJ James Kennedy was spinning that night. And I went with Lara from the SUP podcast. This was when James, this is early James. This is like, you know, season four or maybe five. She tried to convince him to come on her podcast. Other cast members had been on the podcast and she was trying to convince him. And then she introduced me. And this was when I was still at the Times. It was before I I was at the New Yorker and I had just written a piece. So yeah, so this must have been like six years ago or seven years ago. I had just written a piece about Vanderpump for the Times Magazine. And that's how Lara um, introduced me. She was like, oh, she's a journalist. She's just written about Vanderpump for the New York Times. And he took my hand and he kissed it. And he said... Keep writing about me in the New Yorker, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and this was before I was in the New Yorker. I was, in fact, at the Times. But he he manifested. He, in fact, manifested for me. It was like the secret. This was the moment that the world, that God knew I would one day write for the New Yorker. That's his power. He is more powerful. Yeah. Whether about James Kennedy or not about James Kennedy. Wow. So, you know, that was really special, actually. Yeah, that is that is special. Yeah. He kissed your
1: hand. He's an
3: he English my hand. gentleman. God. Yeah, it was really a gentleman. Mm-hmm.
1: And you got boots on the ground recently at Schwartz and Sandy's, right? Very
3: recently, last week. In fact, I was boots on the ground doing some, you know, some gumshoe. <laughs> <laughs> Recon. Re- mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some hard-nosed, <laughs> you know, detective work at uh, Schwartz and Sandy's. So I went with a number of friends, among them noted Vanderpump Head Molly Lambert. And um, we, yeah, we were hopeful. We were really hopeful. The place was was buzzing. It was buzzing. And I think at least half the people were there because of the scandal. Oh, you know? Of course. It's, the, it's at a, it's, it sits, it's situated at a strip mall, like on a parking lot right next to a pet shop. It's near where the UCB used to be, right? I think that's what people say. I didn't know, but but yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, All right. And uh, yeah, so it's not the most luxurious, or you know, I mean, at least like you know, Pump and Tom Tom and uh, and uh, Sir are like on Robertson and Santa Monica, and they're it's just like kind of like a string of like dining establishments you know but this feels like it's really next to stuff that's like different than a luxurious dining establishment Mm. so it's just like funny kind of um and inside it's very kind of like tiki Mm. torches like it's very i don't know if tiki torches but it's very sort of like exotic it's very like here are some bits and bobs from Africa. Here are some of the, like Hawaii, you know, again, I'm like. Oh my God, it sounds like a
4: colonial
3: nightmare in there. It's kind of like, yeah. And there's like a million different like, um, you know, wallpaper, like patterned wallpapers and a lot of like tchotchkes and artifacts. What
1: was their pitch for it? It was like it was like a James Tyrrell experience what? to leave your troubles is behind.
3: What? <laughs> and that translates to tiki torches. So it's very busy, I would say. But it looks brand new, I will say. It didn't seem sticky. Yeah, because Tom spent all of his mom's
4: money on it. I think that's I why know, I'd that go, bad. just so that his retired firefighter mom gets <laughs> some of her money back with the Mickey Rock hands. I know, it's
3: so painful.
4: <laughs> I loved that detail. I know.
3: I loved that I she know. has Mickey Rock <laughs> hands. I know, but but um, what did we have to eat? I can't really. Oh, there was some sort of like taco thing with like maybe like tuna or something. I don't know. Whatever. It was just like finger food. It was fine. It was like un, unremarkable, but not terrible. Not like, not the grilled chicken. You know,
4: like, every Lisa Vanderpump venue just basically ser- serves, like, poached chicken, grilled chicken. It's like, that's that's it. That's all you can have. I feel like the, the Lisa's, like,
1: peak flavor is, like, balsamic vinegar. Yeah. She's just, like,
4: <laughs> drizzle of
1: balsamic.
4: <laughs> It'll be sexy.
3: I know. It's very, like, 1994.
4: Yeah. yeah. It yeah. really is. Uh, yeah. I've only been to Pump once. I had some margaritas out the back. It was a lovely experience i have to say if very daggy like the whole experience like the aesthetic is really daggy um yeah i didn't mean to go to sir but i went to the one archives to do some research and i didn't realize that they'd moved over to ucla they used to be directly opposite um sir in west hollywood or wherever yeah and uh Anyway, and I got out of my like lift and was trying to find the door frantically, and then was like, you know, checking checking the address. And then I looked across the street, and Lisa Vanderpump was having lunch outside at Sir. I couldn't believe it. And so you I just saw sort of Lisa. Yeah, and so I just sort of loitered outside for a long time before heading off on my merry way. Um, I didn't ever. You go know, I've to- never
3: seen Lisa. I've never seen Lisa in my life. I've seen Ken but I've never seen Lisa in the flesh, which is, it's shocking to me.
4: Mm. Yeah. She's actually the only, she's actually the only housewife I've ever seen in mm-hmm. up close and personal, which is a shame. I'm trying to there think are so many. I mean, I've seen all the Australian ones very, a lot of times, obviously, but, um, I've seen
3: Kyle, I've seen, Nomi, you um, met so, Kelly yeah. Ben Simone recently. Oh, yeah. I, I rec- Very recently I met Kelly Ben Simone for, for the first time, which was amazing. She looks great. She
1: Yeah, I've been watching her TikToks. I'm not sure that she gets the platform, but I also – I'd be disappointed if she did, you know? Right, right, yeah. right.
3: Yeah, yeah, she looks great. Um, Those gummy bears. She was very nice. Yeah. Um But it was very exciting. It was like, I felt like I was touching greatness for sure.
4: Yeah. I received an unhinged cameo by her once, (gasps) which was pretty good for my 40th birthday. It was a special surprise. Oh, that's
3: such a good gift. I, in fact, received a a James Kennedy cameo once. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd already kissed your hand, so. I know. That was, it was old hat. It might have been after though, but you know, a cameo is forever.
4: Yeah. I also received, the first one I ever received was a... Dorinda and she <gasps> slurred the entire way no. through it and it was it's pretty beautiful it's actually it's it's a pretty that, that's the best one I've ever received we are talking about cameos last week and um on the podcast and I was saying the only one I've ever paid for was the cow from first cow but I have received <laughs> many uh Many a reality one. Um, just to go back to the to Tom Tom, I just want to say, like, my experience of Tom Tom was that I had been working at like just to place it in a time and period of cancellation. I'd been working at the Wing all day, and oh, I know.
3: Wow. <laughs> and then
4: um, and then I went to the Abbey with some friends, and you know, like safe space, huge gay bar in West Hollywood. We so then we moved on to. Tom Tom, like my girlfriend and I went to Tom Tom because we were like big fans, obviously. obviously. And uh, we didn't, we like walked inside, but the. Alleged date rape vibe was too high for us after spending like a day at the Abbey and we just like hightailed it back to some other like weird gay bar across the street. What did you see or feel? Like, I what, feel like what was... it, the whole thing smelled like really bad cologne. The steampunk aesthetic was just yes. too much for my pale oh, eyes. Yeah. And uh, it was, I don't know, like this, the. The vibe of the dudes in there, I guess, was just like the vibrations were were off for me. I couldn't
3: do it. Couldn't do it. I get that. I get that. But maybe Schwartz and Sandys is in my future. I would recommend it. You know, you gotta make a pilgrimage. And again, I just wanna reiterate, it's like that's why it hurts so much when Vanderpump sort of fell off seasons like eight, nine, mostly, and why it feels so good to have it back because really at this point we've spent so much time with these people. I just feel like very close to it. It's like, it's, you know, it's sort of like family in a weird way. And so not to go to Schwartz and Sandy's when I'm in LA after everything that's gone down seems like almost like a betrayal. Like it seems like (laughs) our responsibility in a way, you know? Yeah. This is like, it's a, it's, what's, it's what community building is all about.
1: <laughs> this is all feeling very good, fellas, which is also quite Lisa and Ken. It's like it's family. It's loyalty, you know. You can't turn your back. I you never feel I like can't back turn on. my
3: back. I don't want to get whacked, you, know? <laughs> yeah.
1: you know. Yeah. You know. That I sent last night I sent Kate um, because Kate has a theory that every British person on reality TV is just doing a fake accent, and I sent her the clip of – Um, when Ken yells at James and says, I'll knock you spark out. And he goes (laughs) really like, as James's dad describes himself, London gangster. And James is like, no, he's mad at me. Like that will happen if you don't go to Schwartz and Sandy's.
3: James, James's dad, by the way, just incidentally, one of the scariest characters ever.
1: Yeah, it it puts it puts his mom into full context that she was married and had children with that It man. really does.
3: Like one of the worst. Mm. Family, I've only met the mom once. One of the worst family, you know, one of the most toxic families probably you could grow up in.
1: Before we move into our also also's for this episode, I do want to do a quick just broad reality TV recommendations. Um, outside of Vanderpump, Jinxie has discovered something new that I'm very curious to hear more about. And then Naomi, I'd love to hear a reality recommendation from you as well.
4: Okay, what did you discover? Well, I was watching Top Chef, one of my favorite reality shows, and, in fact, the name of my dog. But, you know, like <laughs> the streaming app that we use in Australia is called Hey You. It's absolutely terrible, but it's what we must what <laughs> we must put up with to watch our housewives and our, and our yeah. pumps. But um, it does that thing where it, like, goes into – some random episode of some other TV show straight after, and you're just like, Well, all right, I'm sitting down. But this sure. one was called Sunset Tan. Have you heard of this? What? It's no it's incredible. It's uh from two thousand When is it from? Two thousand seven. Uh it <gasps> is filmed with like three different aspect ratios. Much of it is like a fisheye lens. It's gorgeous. It's a Sunset tan? Yeah, it's like a I'm writing
3: this down. It's like
4: a tanning salon for celebrities, not many of them, in uh I think in Venice beach and yeah. It's essentially like Vanderpump Rules, but in a tanning salon, everyone has like amazing frosted tips. All the girls seem to have like another couple of jobs on the side. But in the first episode, Britney Spears appears to get a tan. What? Yeah. And like in a later one, I haven't gotten through it very much, but like Chris Kattan is going to make an appearance. I I stopped reading the Wikipedia because I was like, I can't. I need, I need this to be like new and gold to me when these celebrities appear.
3: And it was only one season? Two. Two? Mm. Two, Two seasons. seasons. That's the most shocking part. Yeah, that's my recommendation. I wonder where it's available. Well, I mean, it's available.
4: it would be because we can, we watch it on Hey You. So I'll find out, I'll find out for you where it's on in the States.
1: If it. If it's available in Australia, it's much more accessible in America by default. <laughs> yeah, totally. Years.
3: There's something so scary, so terrifying about those like art reality shows because it's really like, especially something that's like 2007 it's like... A 2007 was the when- year
1: Kardashian started like yeah, before Jersey Yeah, it's like Shore. A, sec- a
3: second before the, the financial crisis mm. so like Everyone's still riding high, and it's like just the most garish style. And it's like, you know, it's just there's a real like opioid crisis feeling to all of these shows. Oh yeah, like before, you know what I mean? Where people are like secretly like hooked on oxy, probably, but you don't know, and it will only emerge later. You yeah.
4: know, look to set the scene. Yeah, it's all very Mike Shay. Totally. It, it's very Mike Shay. To set the scene for yeah. Sunset Tan, the first episode, apart from having Brittany, a mother brings her daughter in, who must be like 10. um And she gets a Lindsay Lohan style tan but just for her school photo that is being taken the next day because the mum thinks that she looked too pale last year.
3: Like, this is the and level is it, of
4: I, customer. Can
3: I ask a question? Are these tanning beds or is it like a spray? It's both. They offer both. Oh, um, you can watch it on Apple TV and Amazon in the States. I may have to wrangle Nina, my daughter into this. It might be too much even for her. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe
4: Vanderpump's not too much, but this is, (laughs) it looks like a historical document. 2007. Know, it's a history I project know. for
3: her. It's fine. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's this is years before she was born. Even so. Yeah. It's a I contest. mean, for me, I was already in like in my fifties. For her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for her, she's like, what's this? This is like 1900 for me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing.
4: Do you have anything? That sounds really um, good.
3: It's so good.
4: I highly recommend. Do you have like an, another kind of go to? for reality i mean
3: you know it, it changes obviously i have my shows and it depends on when they you know when see when the season is in session so vanderpump is in season it's always good it's better than when it's not beverly hills housewives another mainstay i've watched every single episode when it's like on air always watch that slc you know, I I've been from from I'm I'm a day one, yeah, you same. know, and very both of us are, you know, excited for Mary Cosby's return, season four, mm-hmm. you know, ready for it to to air. I'm excited about Roni Newcast coming in and seeing like how the sort of like classier vibe of like someone like Jenna Lyons mm-hmm. is gonna, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, mesh with the show and if these people will be willing to throw down and give us. And I, I believe they will, you know, they'd better, but, but no, they better. I know. So I'm hopeful and, and excited. Like, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Um, mm. Otherwise, what else? Summer I'm watching summer house. Now I'm like, maybe one episode behind. I thought it was going to mm. be good. Like, I mean, the Carl Lindsay thing is good. Like, it's kind of an insufferable, you know, wrench in the middle of the house. And, like, Mm. you know, it's a sort of situation where, like, they're all wrong and they're all right. You know, it's like Carl is held hostage. You know, he's like, it's one of those situations where it's clearly a nightmare. But he's like Stockholm Syndrome into being like, I'm so happy, you know. And he's like, he's just weak. You know, he's weak. willed he's weak. Yeah, vis-a-vis Kyle has always been weak vis-a-vis Kyle has always been uh, now is weak vis-a-vis Lin- um, Lindsay and um, and is like, you know, his only way to achieve dominance was to be a dick to women until now, you know, to sort of like mm. it, be unable to commit yeah. and kind of like overpromise and then not not, you know, under deliverer. Mm. And now he's like in the throes, in the clutch of like mommy, you know, sort of like bad mm. mommy.
1: I guess Summerhouse for me feels like when, when Vanderpump, when they stopped working at the restaurants and it lost its way a little, and Summerhouse has lost its way in that they're no longer friends, like no one's friends, which was the whole concept. It feels yeah. like a cast that isn't working.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like, I do like the work skirmishes within the (laughs) Lover Boy Corporation.
1: Carl forgetting his laptop because he was too coked out. I mean, that was great. Carl
3: forgetting his laptop because he was too coked up, like when he came into work. You know, all that stuff is Mm -hmm. gold. I love that. I wouldn't mind more of that. But also, I don't know, I saw there was some sort of promise in the previews that Gabby is going to reveal that Danielle slept with her ex-boyfriend who cheated on Gabby. Did that happen yet?
1: Yeah, I think you must be a couple of episodes behind... They reveal – so so Gabby, who's a new – she's new to the house this year and she's like, I dated this guy for ages and he – I found out he was cheating on me because he was at Coachella with another girl and they show a fo- – everything happens at Coachella on these shows. They show a photo of this guy at Coachella and the woman's face is blurred out and in the next episode she meets Danielle who's a long-time Summer House cast member and over dinner she says, I know who you are because – you were hooking up with my boyfriend when we were together, and then they show the photo and they reveal the blurred out woman was Danielle, <gasps> but they are just progressive, mature women and decide to be friends and forget about this guy. So it kind of fizzles and it isn't anything. Mm. But now, Danielle, that's Lindsay, and Carl are all about to have a falling out in their friendship, which I think is just going to be sad.
3: that's depressing Lindsay is unbearable. an unbearable person. I've met people like this, yeah, like, toxic narcissist who, she's a little bit like Lala in that sense, like attempting to dominate and work. Yeah. Attempting to dominate every situation, like always has to be right. Can't be told, you know, like clearly unhinged, but always has to be sort of like, uh, flattered and coddled and be like, Oh yeah, you're, you're actually right. Mm. You know, because otherwise she like flies off the handle and mm. is like insane. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a ter- It's emotional terrorism. Let's face it.
1: Yeah. Which I, I like on my TV. I think Lindsay should be on Housewives.
3: No, no, no. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I mean, great TV. It's yeah. like crazy personalities. Yeah. When you meet it in real life, you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's like the coworker that you're just like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's yeah. like the only way to solve the problem in <laughs> of the office is if this person will die. You know, I mean literally. Yeah. Or like move to, in my case, Australia, in your case, yeah, like yeah.
1: New York. Speaking of emotional terrorists, I think my my top tier reality shows are obviously Vanderpump, but um the short-lived one season Gallery Girls. Um Oh yeah, that was good. Which yeah. is available. I think it's still available on Hey You in Australia, but um it was set in it was filmed in 2011 which is the year that I was living in New York. And so I remember watching it and being like, oh, they were at this like noisy vice brand activation in Dumbo that I went to. And I was like, oh my God, I was so close to the gallery girls and didn't even know it. Um, But there is a woman on there called Chantal who uh, opens a store with her friends who are much more financially invested, similarly to Sandoval's firefighter mother. Um, And she doesn't care about the profits or the success of this business. Um, And, at one point drunkenly says to the camera, if it doesn't work, I'll just get on a boat and sail to Peru or something. And she now is making ambient like SoundCloud music, um, what? which is, which is no. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've kept up with a few of the That's gallery incredible. girls. I've done about three rewatches over the years. It's incredible. Um, also I told Jinxie,
3: you know, what oh, was really good. I just want to say before I forget, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Um, Selling the OC, like selling Sunset is obviously incredible. Selling the OC, so far one season, we need a new season yesterday. Mm. They exploded straight out of the gate. Have you guys watched I, it?
4: I watched half of the season and then I was like. You didn't like it? I, I think the no. houses were just a little bit like they were much nicer than on selling Sunset, and I missed the trashiness, I guess, like I know it's trashy, but I'm like, if I'm gonna spend time with these people, I want them to be like low, right, you know
3: right. No, I know what you mean, I get it, I get it. I just thought the drama was really good, and that there were there were some like really insufferable oh. characters that showed their colors straight from the beginning, yeah, which is what yeah, I there was
4: one who was talking about like. He's like, I can't remember what he said, but something like he's describing his own personality and he's like, if I, like I'm a, oh, like his confidence level. And he was like, I'm a hundred out of 10, I'm 180 or something like that. Like he had this like terrible. Yeah, that's the guy with
3: the scary mother. Yeah. I think it's the guy with the scary mother. I forget mm-hmm. his name. Um, he's He is like well-established in the real estate business. His mother, his dead face mother is also, um, <laughs> a very well known real estate agent. Than those oh, I've city. got to get back <laughs> into it. Have
4: you ever watched The Real Housewives of Melbourne or Auckland? Because The Real Housewives of Auckland is one of the greatest, one of the greatest housewife franchises ever. Yeah, truly. Just one season because there were so many controversies that happened throughout that one season. They didn't even have a reunion.
3: It's beautiful melbourne i think i watched a few episodes of the first season when it yeah back when it came out whenever it was like a decade ago or i I don't know how long uh and i remember i remember a couple of the housewives sort of vaguely um i
4: mean it's the only one that's had a psychic i mean it's got that going
3: for it jackie right yeah. No, but at Auckland, I haven't. No, I haven't. There was an Israeli one as well. I mean, it was called something else, but it was clearly like the format was bought. Um, it was called like, there's a, it's a pun of like happy and wealthy that in Hebrew kind of works. Um, and it was just like the most, the group of the most horrible women, you know, all of them sort of like, you know, robbing the... <laughs> the working class is blind chic (laughs) (laughs) that's the franchise you know it's like (laughs) that's our
4: girls (laughs) yeah
1: all right it's time for our also also's and nomi's going to stick around and share one of her
4: recommendations this week um jinxie do you want to kick us off yeah, sure. I think we've all got book also's or read also's this week, which is, I guess, because it's a bit of a balm after watching so many episodes of Vanderpump Rules. It's like you need to do something else with your eyes and your brain. But um, mine is called The Other Side, A Journey into Women, Art and the Spirit World by Jennifer Higgy. Uh, Jennifer Higgy is an Australian who has been based in London for a really long time. She was the editor of Freeze. She had this incredible podcast about women artists called "Bow Down which I think I've mentioned here before, but uh, this is a book about her own like esoteric experiences uh, woven into stories of these great artists, many of whom I haven't heard of, but of course there's like Hilma F. Clint is in there, but Agnes Pelton, who painted like Californian desert skies, Uh, Emma Kunz, who was a Swiss healer who used her own geometric drawings to help heal her own patients. Uh, Yeah. So look, this is spiritualism. It's feminist art history. It's memoir. It is so up my alley. It couldn't be anything more. Anyway, that's beautiful. It's called The Other Side, A Journey into Women, Art and the Spirit World by Jennifer Hickey. I am almost finished reading Really Good,
1: actually, by Monica Heisey. It's a novel about a woman in her late 20s who has just gone through a divorce after or is going through a divorce after being married for like just under 2 years to her college boyfriend. She's a comic writer. She's written for Shits Creek and Baroness One sketch show. She's based in Toronto and I watched a clip of her doing stand up like 8 years ago and have just followed her stuff ever since. She truly like on a sentence by sentence level this might be one of the funniest books I have read in a really long time highly highly recommend
3: uh those are both great uh recommendations i have monica's book but i haven't read it yet but i need to read it and i'm looking forward to it i know her a little and she's she's very funny as you say and i didn't know jennifer higgy was australian that's a that's discovery i just made uh thanks to you um i want to recommend yeah a book again and unlike kate's uh book which uh she prefaced with the words of like oh let's now let's rest our eyes and our brains from (laughs) watching (laughs) all this reality television mine is kind of like in the same vein as reality television it's that new book unscripted um by james b stewart and rachel abrams two times uh reporters and it's all about sumner redstone and the fight for cbs viacom that raged uh, you know over the past decade I guess you could say and uh, there's a lot the tie to kind of reality television that we've been talking about is that that's like makes for the most amusing and unbelievable read is that he has these two mistresses like much younger like in their 30s or 40s that are very much like Beverly Hills housewives type types and they try to first exchange him from his biological family and convince him that the family hates him and he should leave all the money to them. And then they turn against each other. And there's a lot of lawsuits and a lot of drama and this like horny old man who's barely like can barely speak and is like grunting his way through like board meetings. <laughs> so that's really ap- amazing and almost unbelievable, but it's all, you know, I think this is all happened. So it's just like a very juicy Um, sort of business media book that I think if you like reality television you'll probably like this book that sounds great (laughs) so I just finished reading it it came out like a month ago that book
4: sounds so juicy I need to read it
1: Nomi, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you, follow you for your Vanderpump hot takes and reactions every week?
3: Well, I write for the New Yorker, so occasionally, you know, you might see a piece by me up on the New Yorker website. Uh as for social media, I'm the same on Twitter and um Instagram. It's Fry Nomi Fry, and I spell Nomi with an A-N-A-O-M-I. So it's a little confusing. But uh Those are my handles. My handles are identical on both these platforms. Um, yeah, and I can't, I can't, I can never stop tweeting. So <laughs> it's something to be aware of if you end up following me. <laughs> it's perfection,
1: and we'll link the your interview with Andy and your recommendation of Vanderpump Rules that made James Kennedy kiss your hand uh, in the show notes.
3: Uh, salad days, salad days. <laughs> Were we ever so young? Thanks
4: for listening. As always, please follow us at See Also Podcast on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with us. And also, if you have enjoyed, please do pop over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love to read them.
1: As always, thanks so much to Harvey Sutherland for our theme song and Samuel Hodge for our artwork. We'll see you next time. See ya.